In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O God, our God, You who gave us life, look down from heaven and see us, Your people. We're gathered here today. We're beaten up. We're chased by the virus. We're burning. Our homes are like torches in the woods. We cannot see the sun because of the smoke. And the ashes fall down like rain as we pray to you. Our children have, our children have no schools to go to. Our leaders deceive us. And those who are different than us chase us, accusing us. Oh Lord, hear us. At times we feel like we are between life and death. Oh Lord, hear us. The Lord is here today with us to tell us that we have His church. And that in His church, nothing, no threats can cut and touch us. One of the Psalms verses just a minute ago chanted at the antiphon said that He established her forever. Did you hear this? Forever here. And He's calling us to find everything we need in His church. This is your people. Lord, listen to them. Hear their prayers. We're here today to commune of the Word, the life-giving Word and of the sacred body and blood of the resurrected Christ. We're here to worship the sun that cannot be covered by the clouds, the sun of righteousness. We're here today to receive life, no matter what falls down from the sky. And the Lord says, you are at the right place. Listen to me well. You are indeed between life and death. And you make that difference, the Lord says. And He teaches us by the means of this parable. One of the things that can bring life or death to us. There are many more. But this one is so important that we ought to hear as we pray for His mercy and love. The kingdom of God, of heavens, the Lord says, is like a king. And this king is God Himself. He had debtors, that's all of us. Not the debt of the bank when the house burns down, and neither for our vehicle that we drive in air conditioning and air filtered, filtered air. But the debt that we owe Him when we sin. St. John Chrysostom says, we sin against our fellow people, but also against God. But make no mistake, there's a difference here. That comes from two directions. One of them is the nature of the person that we sin against. I sin against my spouse, as a human being, versus sinning against God, my Creator. The other direction is the frequency of sinning. I sin against you every time you are here in church, because I keep you very long for my sermon. It's once a week for some of you. 
But in front of God, who sees everything, I sin all the time. All my thoughts, all my laziness, all my slow desire to change from being lukewarm to have zeal and flame, you see? It's just eating me in, inside out. It's there. He sees this. So the sin we have in front of God as a debt is huge. That's why he called this man who owed him a huge amount that is not possible to pay in many lifetimes. And he called on him. What was it? 10,000 talents. Lots of gold. Lots of gold. Lots of sins to forgive. And this man could not pay. But this man was smart in the beginning. Because he fell down on his knees, repenting, and asked him, Lord, delay me, and I will pay you back. And the Lord would have said, oh, really? You're kidding me. You have a thousand, hundred thousand lifetimes of debt, you're going to pay me back? But he didn't say this. He said, I release you. You're free to go. No more debt. Not only that, but you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And he releases him. So what do we see here? Another member of our community, this man, is with us today. Teaching us, reminding us, what Isaiah was talking about, at times of affliction, I I remember you. At times of affliction. So, we are in his situation now on our knees, begging him for forgiveness. This is what the ashes do and the fires and the COVID. For those who have eyes to see it, and be smart like this man is. He asked for something, and he received a lot more than that. Immeasurably high more. He received his forgiveness and his freedom. This is what repentance and relationship with Christ do when we repent and confess our sins. Oh, beautiful image of the church. But the service ends. The mystery of confession ends. The liturgy ends and we go out. And in the world we find the other servants, as he did here. And the one who came to him owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii is the salary for a day that people were paid back then in the agricultural space. A hundred days of salary. Infinitely smaller than what he owed his master, the servant. And the servant now, after being forgiven, after being released, becomes violent. He takes the other guy by his throat and says, You pay me back! You pay me back! Otherwise, and the other servant, just like him, on his knees begged him, Forgive me, allow me some time and I'll pay you back. Have patience with me. But exactly the opposite of his master he did now. He refused to forgive him and he put him in prison. He went in the opposite direction, two ways. So he put him in prison. No remorse here. Thank God for the other servants who went and reported to the master. And here's the master. The one upon whom we call for love and mercy, whom he demonstrated this to the, to the debtor, to his servant. He changes now. God 
the master repents of his first decision. He reminds us that he, God, is not only good and loving and merciful, but he's always righteous. But the order that we receive is that of mercy and love and forgiveness and freedom first. And then, if we continue, if we do not repent, we receive the righteous, the righteousness. And the righteousness of God addressed him this way, wicked servant. God forbid for any of us to hear this at his second coming. Wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And, you should, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? In other words, what I give to you, shouldn't you give to others? Mercy I give to you, shouldn't you give mercy to others? Freedom I give to you, shouldn't you release others? Wealth I give to you, shouldn't you have mercy on others? Life I give to you, shouldn't you help others to have life? Wicked servant. Frightening. And the same merciful Lord now, after He changed from love and kindness and mercy to righteousness, we see Him in anger. Yes, the Master got angry. In anger His Lord delivered Him to the jailers to pay His debt. How can He pay this debt? How can He pay this debt? He was now in jail. And brothers and sister, sisters, the answer to our call earlier for God's mercy upon us as we have broken and lost, as we fear, is not to fear. Here's the teaching. So also my Father, my Heavenly Father, will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It's very easy. Not be fearful. Be mindful of this and work on forgiving our brother from our heart. Well, it's all nice and dandy, as we say. I do my prayers at home and I tell myself, I forgave my aunt who did something wrong to me 30, 30 years ago. Or I forgive this co-worker who abused me when he stepped in front of me and he got the promotion I did not. But you know what? Forgiveness is not a mental exercise of self-confidence and arousal in front of memories. Forgiveness is a spiritual act that we cannot complete, cannot implement and complete ourselves. How about those who have been abused physically, sexually, spiritually, some in their own house, how are they going to forgive this? How about those who have wounds from their parents? Do you know anybody? All of us. All of us. And as we head down in our addictions, dealing with whatever that would be, Anger, spending, gambling, alcohol. 
At times we turn and say, oh, I inherited this from my father or from my grandfather or so many generations before had it. The answer is yes. We do. And there's a pile this high, all the way to the sun. You can see the sun now. And what do we do? How do we get out of that? By means of forgiveness. By means of forgiveness. Receiving what the Master gives us, His forgiveness and freedom in the church, and by offering it to others, in particular to those who have abused us, persecuted us, ill-treated and everything else. But this, brothers and sisters, we cannot do with the mind, with a decision, from then on, I'm going to forgive my child, my father, my grandfather, whatever that is. It doesn't work. And it will never work. Because it's a matter of the heart, of the soul. So, if we do not feel that forgiveness, we will not be able to forgive others from the heart. So we thank God. Here's the helicopter. Hopefully they will not throw a bucket of water over us. Seeing us on fire here. So we thank God that we're in the church where we can receive what we need to forgive. Because forgiveness is a matter of life and death. In church we have many other things that are offered to us. We need the church. I need the church. You need the church. And when the church is broken in, when the altar is defiled, and when the holy objects are, are stolen, we fall down on our knees and beg, our, beg God to forgive us our trespasses. Our church in Salinas is the victim of such an act that God allowed to happen in His very house. Things were stolen. The Gospel book from the altar was replaced with three bulbs. Ironically, three bulbs. The Gospel book is gone. The Word is what people don't want you to hear. The Word of God, because the Word of God gives life will bring one on a path of repentance to turn from the values of this world that are deadly. So the enemy is here now with a claw to grab it out of the altar. Can you believe this? But not of our hearts. The Word of God is proclaimed today for our salvation, for our confidence, for life. What else was stolen there? The enemy got, got a hold of something that will destroy him shortly. This cross. The blessing cross. That was on the altar right on the gospel. What value is that to anybody? Zero. It's humiliation. For the ones who do not know about it, it's mockery. Okay? But for us, who believe in Christ, is the power of the enemy. Is the power over this devil. Is the power over death. And over illness, over the fires, over the virus, over everything. It's in the holy cross. The life-giving cross. What else was out? Can you believe this? Not only did Christ go up on the cross. After preaching His word. But He was buried in the tomb. And it's that tomb that we take out in procession during the holy week. As we bury Him. The Lord that is. The epitaphios, 
the cloth that has embroidered that scene of the burial of the Lord, the dead body. Was that important to us? Absolutely. Not only was he crucified, but he died as a man. God, man died. Just like we're going to die. We're between life and death. So was he. Except that when he died, he didn't lose life. His life was destroyed Hades and pulled out, pulled out Adam and Eve and everybody else in the resurrection. Of course we need the epitaphios. Because it points us to the resurrection. What else did that devil pick up from the altar? Can you believe this? He doesn't want you to receive Holy Communion. Perhaps he wants you to stay at home and watch. Or take a picture of this and, you know, contemplate on it. Forgive me, some churches do contemplate on the Holy Gifts, but we do not. We come here. Rain or shine or ashes or whatever that is. Who else is going to give us confidence and comfort? Do not fear. Do not fear. The communion is put or stolen. All right. He doesn't want us to receive communion. But we do want to receive communion. And we come forward. So you see where, where the devil comes in. To take the other things out of your lives. But we need those, every single one. We need the Word of God. We need His crucifixion. We need His resurrection. We need the holy body and blood of the resurrected Christ. Without these, who are we? Where are we going? Lord, what are we doing? Just sitting and crying? No. St. Paul taught, taught us this last week about, don't look at the, at the visible things. Look at the invisible. The visible are perishing. They will go. The woods, the houses, the, the stores, the virus, the vaccines, and guess what? Even this body will go. But take courage. Look at the invisible. And this is what we do. Thank God. But we need these things. We need them so badly. We need the church. And we should not let go of these. Not that easy. Not that easy. Above these four things that I mentioned being stolen, there's one that cannot be stolen. It is God's mercy in His forgiveness. It cannot be stolen. And our repentance and crying down on our knees in confession is what secures that. But if we take it out and start beating on others, would this be our spouses, our children, our co-workers, you name it, we lose it all. We lose it all and we go back in the jail and then we don't care about the cross. And then we don't care about the gospel. And then we don't care about the communion. We become immune to the God phenomenon like the masses. And we prepare for elections. Hoping for prosperity. Really. Yes, we do hope for prosperity. Kyrieleison. I was going to tell you about St. Irineos of Lyon. He's a martyr. He's, he died in the year 202. So was the church. The real church. Right? In, in the catacombs. He was from Asia Minor. A man who, who was educated by St. Polycarp of Smyrna. He grew up next to him. St. Polycarp was a disciple of St. John the Evangelist. 
So he's the third generation after Christ. You have Christ, St. John the Evangelist, St. Polycarp, and St. Irenaeus of Lyon in France, the bishop. Okay? He was born in the year 140. Think about the times back then. If, you, if we think this is you know, too much hardship for us. In the year 140 for the Christians. Alright? And he's the one who treasured the church properly. And he told his people, be in the church. You need the church. We need it. And he actually said, yes, you ought to live between life and death. And this life has to take place in church. Many quotes come from St. Irenaeus of Lyon. How about this? Jesus Christ in His infinite love has become what we are in order that He may make us entirely what He is. Entirely what Jesus Christ is. He came down. But anyway, between life and death, here are two writings to His people to defend them against heresies, against the, the ones who are lost. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. God is glorified when a human being is fully alive. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. And to be alive consists of beholding God. Of being in the proximity of God, of seeing God. Remember St. Gregory Palamas and the uncreated light and the, 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 the uncreated energies and much later, 900 years later. This is the third, second century here. To be alive consists of beholding God. How about death? Because it said between life and death. The business of a Christian is nothing else but to be ever preparing for death. Whew. Did you hear that? Just like those who are evacuating are preparing to move out of the house. This is the business of a Christian, lifetime long, is to prepare for death. Are we between life and death? Absolutely. What are we to do? Prepare for death. But be alive. Die alive. Seeking, struggling to see God. To behold God. But in terms of needing the church... St. Irineos wrote, It is in the church. And we are the church, brothers and sisters. And the church needs the spoon, the cross, the gospel, the epitaphios. And above all, the mercy of God. Forgive us. It is in the church, he taught, that God has placed the apostles, the prophets, and doctors, and all the Holy Spirit's other operations. From this spirit are therefore excluded all who, refusing to turn to the church, deprive themselves of life by their false doctrine and depraved actions. For where the church is, there is also the Holy Spirit of God. And there where the Spirit of God is, there is the church and every kind of grace and the Spirit of truth. This is why they needed the church back then. To navigate between all the hardships and all the false teachings. And none of these have gone away. And what the apostles, what the holy fathers, 
the prophets, the doctors of the church have transmitted to him in the second century, the church has bringing, is bringing to us today. Between life and death, we need the church. Because this is where we find life. And even death is conquered. It is life that we seek today. Thanking God for having us here. Thanking Him for His Word. For His crucifixion. For His resurrection and the Holy Spirit. That brings us here today as His church. Amen.